Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Catching Up with Jeff G. This week, I'm very excited for this guest. He's a guy who literally brightens up the room every time he walks in. Some of you may know him as Alec, but most of you know him as Kevin Leo. How you doing, Kevin? Hey, Jeff. Wow, I, I thought you were describing yourself. You're the, <laughs> the bright and handsome one. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, it's good to be uh, on this prestigious show. I'm, I'm glad that you invited me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which... Do you know why we every time? So every time Kevin and I we see each other in like real life, we always pretend like we're blinded by some light and we like stumble backwards <laughs> and everything. Like I don't know how that got started, but it's become a thing for us. <laughs> hey, I- I'm not pretending here. This is, the, <laughs> this is the truth. I see the the bright beauty of Jefferson oh, G and so <laughs> I, uh, you know. But I, honestly, I feel I think it must have been your. I, I don't think it was your freshman year. I think I was like still a little bit too awkward or trying to be nice to you. But mm-hmm. I think probably your sophomore year after, I could be a little bit weirder with you. So really, that is when we started. Speaking of that, you were one of the first people who reached out to me my freshman year. And I remember we went out to, to grab lunch. I think it was Saigon Shack or something. But that was definitely my freshman year because you were one of the first upperclassmen to invite me out to a meal. I remember you, I think you joined Yemen and Vincent's small group. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's kind of this big old smorgasbord of freshmen. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it happened that I connected with you. Um, but I think fate brought the handsome men together. And <laughs> to well, I, I, mean, Shaq, yo, I, I know about myself, but that's that, that statement true for you. Sure. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. Okay, I'll take that. I take that. I received that in Jesus' name. Wow. Um, yeah, but anyways, Kevin, do you want to introduce yourself to the people who are listening to this podcast? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Liu. Yeah, I, I, I tried to go by Alec for a season, but it did not work, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm stuck with this generic Chinese name. But that's okay. Kevin Liu's my name. Um, I know Jeff from school. We were in the same Christian fellowship, a lot of great times together. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate Jeff's heart for, you know, relationship and community. He's always been a warm guy, I think, uh, our fellowship really did a good job of trying to really emulate that. And and so after that, uh, I went to seminary, uh, which is a graduate school to become a pastor or missionary, kind of work within ministry. Hmm. And so I graduated last year and uh, I was serving at a multi-ethnic church plant in Crown Heights. But now I've transitioned to an established Cantonese speaking Chinese church in Chinatown, hmm. uh, trying to kind of like really sense what God is uh, what God has in plan for this 60-year-old church, um, understanding its DNA, but also ushering it into a new season as uh, Chinatown and New York City is changing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. So that's what I'm doing right now. Honestly, like, uh, I'm very grateful to have met you in college. Like, you were, you know, whatever you said about me, I think definitely first came from you. Like, if you didn't bring that sense of community to me first, I definitely would not have had that same desire to continue growing that so props goes to you for for uh, developing me during my formative youth at nyu mm. um <laughs> no but i am curious because you know i i mentioned this in my introduction and you just talked about it as well i am very curious to be reminded as to why you decided to go with alec as your uh, alternative <laughs> name because i don't know if you know this but when we first met and i believe during our first meeting you told me that you, you like your, your name's Kevin, but you're trying to go by Alex. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll respect that. So in my phone, I actually had you first saved down as Alex <laughs> for the longest time. 
And, but then, like, I kept saying Alex to the people around me, but everybody just kept saying Kevin. I was just like, all right, guess guess I'll just say <laughs> Kevin too. But okay, so tell me why why Alec? Oh man, Jeff, just for that. Next time we meet up, dinner's on me, lunch is on me. You just can't do Korean barbecue, man. I I respect that, man. People were such haters on me. They're like saying like Alec is a fake name to Kevin. I'm like, come on, like I'm trying to you know explore myself with this new identity in college, but you know whatever, but. Uh, I, the story's very simple. Um, I mean, um, my parents, I think they were considering to name me Alec before mm. I was born. Um, but I think um, they eventually decided to go with uh, Kevin. It's kind of like the trendy name. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, as a college student, I wanted to be unique and stand out. But then I came to NYU where there's literally like 20 Asian Kevins that I knew. <laughs> um, all in my... Like it was, it was ridiculous, and and you know, yeah, our our college fellowship, right? Like we had multiple Asian Kevin's, mm. uh, Kevin Wang, Ke- Kevin Pong, Kevin. Oh my gosh, there was a, uh, it was um, it was <laughs> uh, yeah. So I needed a new name, but Alec did not stand. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I've I've given up on that. Okay, so I'll admit that Kevin is a pretty common Asian name, but I'm pretty sure you're the only Kevin Liu that I know. Like, there's no really? other Kevin Liu. It's like Kevin Kevin Chen is definitely the most common Kevin name for me <laughs> uh but kevin Liu, i think is pretty pretty unique you know i'm trying to think i think i know one other kevin Liu, who's a younger guy in my church but yeah you're right i okay so thank you jeff you see this is why i gotta work i gotta buy you two two dinners. you, you help me you bolster my uh, my ego with my uniqueness i appreciate that wait uh, so i'm gonna check yeah. my phone real quick right now to see if you're still under alec or kevin <laughs> oh oh you're God. still under alec Just... i'm not even kidding I saw it, Alex. You saw it, Alex. Oh my gosh, three Korean barbecues. That's it. I promise it. I think I think it's because like oh, we man. end up using Facebook a lot more often than like our actual phone numbers, which is why I never you know went to update it. There we go. <laughs> no, that's true. I, I I do have some questions. I, I I would love to. I mean, if I'm catching up with you, there's there's some things, some topics in mind. Oh boy. Um, I'd love to ask. Why, why um, do I feel like my body is not ready? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not ready. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going for that. No, no, no. I, I actually, no, I, I have some random like memories. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's some one of them. I, if if uh, if I remember correctly, you can correct me. Um, so I grew up uh, in the suburbs of Westchester, and I had a pretty, uh, you know, pretty decently diverse set of friends. Um, and I was really fond of my Indian American friends. Mm. Um, I hung out with them. I played a lot of video games, and mm-hmm. we just chatted and stuff. And uh, honestly, I kind of missed that. I felt like not many people shared that friendship with many Indian Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I remember correctly, uh, you you also had Indian American friends when you were living in, in New Jersey. Is that correct? Yeah. So the town I'm on, that I'm in, Edison, it has a very decently sized Indian population. So actually, it, during high school, we had a, I don't want to say a clique, but we had a group of friends. And I, it was pretty much majority Indian. I was the lone Asian, and we had some other ethnicities as well. But Indian was the majority of our friend group. Oh wow! I, I yeah, I, I'm thinking my, my my little clique or friend group was like about like yeah, two thirds Asian, two thirds Indian, or maybe more like yeah, basically mostly that. And we had like one or two that are not um, those uh, those ethnicities. But um, wow, you were yeah, so I guess did, uh, I, I I after. You know, graduating stuff, I really mm-hmm. want to maintain some friendships, but it didn't really turn out that much too much. I have one Indian friend who I still try to catch up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you, now that you're back kind of home in New Jersey, are you still keeping in touch with your your, your friends, your high school friends? 
Man, that's a very good question. So I feel like high school relationships. So when I moved back to New Jersey after college, right? In my mind, I was I always told myself I felt that high school friends would like these friendships would be easier to maintain than college just because of the proximity. But in reality, I feel like it's been the total opposite where I still catch up with a lot of my college friends and not so much my high school friends. And I think it's a combination of various things. I think, you know, high school friends, like good half of them probably moved elsewhere. Like they move outside of New Jersey now and I just can't see them physically anymore. Or the other half is just, you know, when you don't talk over long periods of time, especially during college, like people make new friends during college and then people kind of grow apart. But I still have like a group of like guy friends, at least that I went to high school with that we still talk about, for example, like basketball every day, especially now that the the playoffs have started for the NBA. Like we're chatting up a storm or Facebook chat. (laughs) But yeah, for the most part, yeah, I think I just have a few. Let's say this. I have some few close high school friends that I still keep in contact with. But like the friendly, casual high school friends that I had are those relationships pretty much don't exist anymore. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that, no, that's true. I, I think that's that describes, I think, most of us. And honestly, uh, I wasn't the very best about being intentional with my high school friends, but mm. it was godsend that uh i think you know facebook messenger i i was pretty late to facebook but mm-hmm. i i got facebook messenger just as we started college and our our little friend group created this chat and if it wasn't for that chat and all the stupid memes and the silly <laughs> things we said in that group i think for many of them i i also probably would um have kept up with mm-hmm. um, i mean I, honestly like because it's been so long since high school i think the other thing about this too is that college is such a transformative period of people's lives like people sometimes, you know, find out their their life goals during college. People find out, you know, the type of people they want to be around. People find out who they themselves, you know, desire and seek in life. And sometimes like that transformation is so huge between people that even if people had similarities in high school that made them friends, like that might not be the case anymore. Right. It's tough. It's tough. It's so tough. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I totally agree with you and I think I anecdotally agree with you personally that I feel like I'm a totally different person hmm. um, it's funny because I thought this would be a little bit more ubiquitous that everyone would go through a deep intense transformation at college but um, my high school I don't know if you had this too um, my, my high school had a reunion I think three or four years after we graduated college so hmm. we had a high school reunion post-college Okay. And I, unfortunately, I couldn't make it, and I really wish I could have seen everyone. You know, like you know, seen like Ben and, and and Jess. And when I asked my friends who went, they basically said that everyone was the same. Everyone really? stayed the same, except for one guy who just got a little rounder. That was it. <laughs> everyone was the same. But uh, I was like, oh, okay. I guess a life transformation is not promised in college. But uh, I don't know. Something I mean, like that. do you think you've changed since high school? Oh, for sure. I, I, well, I still think I'm an awkward, cringy kid at heart, <laughs> but I feel like I know how to, I think I've known some uh, more social skills now and better social awareness. But uh, man, I don't know if I showed you my pictures of like having long hair. Uh, I didn't shave. So I had this weird mustache. Kevin, the question, yeah, should, be, the question should be, who hasn't seen that picture before? <laughs> because that, that oh picture, gosh. that Facebook, I think it used to be a profile picture, right? That picture blew yeah. up at least like, three times during my college career 
where every year, <laughs> like the new batch of freshmen see it for the first time, they're like, "What in the world?" <laughs> oh my god! It's a legendary picture. Yeah, yeah. I hope it stays hidden, but I'm sure someone will dig it out one day or something. So that was during high school when you had that. Yes. Yeah, I uh, basically for for those listening, I didn't cut my hair from the start of seventh grade until the middle of twelfth grade. What? So five and a half, five and a half years. Yeah, that's insane, dude. If I don't cut my hair for like a month, I grow like a mini afro. So the fact that you did that (laughs) for that long, that's insane. Hey, we maybe maybe that's the your next project after this podcast. uh, Afro, Afro Jeff G. Let's go. You know, I, I tried growing up, growing out long hair because of, you know, lockdown and it was not a pleasant sight. Like, <laughs> I, I did not look forward you, to you, mirrors at all. <laughs> you'd want like the Tarzan hair or the man bun or anything like that? Well, uh, it started looking like there was a broom on my head or not a broom, <laughs> more like a mop, like a mop head. It was, it was, not, it was not pretty. But uh, but you you can rock the long hair. I can definitely see it if you like, because I think that picture is okay. That picture I think does a bit of bit of injustice towards you, because I believe if I recall, that picture you're like soaked in rain or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I felt like if you tied that hair back into I, like I, those ancient like samurai style people, that would look pretty dope. Oh, I I, I have pictures of myself in a ponytail and everything, and I don't know. I. <laughs> I still think uh, it's a. Uh, uh, I think you know. I, I'm, I'm gonna confess. I didn't have too many friends who were girls in uh, <laughs> in uh, high school. I don't know if it's because my social skills were so bad, or because I look like a total like uh, nutty head. Like I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. But uh, I tell you, um, I, when I once I cut my hair, I got contacts and shaved, and I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was much more approachable um, by everyone. So I'll, I'll say that. Oh. <laughs> uh. So if that, physically speaking, was your biggest transformation since high school, you know, definitely I would say career-wise, I would imagine you also had a massive transformation, right? Like, because I don't think you want, you originally planned to be a pastor, at least when you talked to me my freshman year. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's been quite a journey. You know, it's funny because, uh, um, actually, quick question, Jeff, did, 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 you, you grew, did you grow up in the church? You told this to me before, but I forgot it. So I started going to church. Like like I do now since uh, senior year of high school. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So a little bit later, yeah. I so the backstory. Uh, I'll get to the question. Was that uh, I I went to church as a kid and I hated it, but uh, when I got into middle school and high school, um, my youth group was a huge part of my life. Just mm-hmm. a place that accepted me and loved me and discipled me. Uh, and so actually in my heart, I was just on fire for the church. And so I, I, my mom tells me this, I, I forgot this, but my mom told me that, um, I wanted to be a missionary growing up, <laughs> you know, like to grow up and, uh, you know, tell people about Jesus and such, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess I forgot. And as time went on, I got really good at biology in high school. So I went to NYU as pre-med, suffered through that. Um, anyone who's listening, please do not choose pre-med. Run away. <laughs> it is suffering. It is so bad. Um, organic chemistry is the worst. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, my junior year, I had a crisis. Um, also, uh, yeah, I had this weird fallacy in my brain that because I invested like one or two years into this, mm-hmm. that I had to continue it. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to see the light and realize, wait, if I continue pre-med, I have to do another four years of medical school. 
another three to eight years of residency and fellowship mm-hmm. and then pay off all that debt and spend you know 10 to 12 hours a day in the hospital like hell no. oh, can, I, can i say hell sorry I, i'm like I'm, I'm like man no way am i doing this so mm. i just like that was my junior year i started like exploring like business classes uh, uh i did a business class i did a mar- education class and it was really good actually mm-hmm. um but um I, I, it's a longer story but basically i had to go through really strong discernment uh pray talk to people um my pastor I think it was really though my pastor ignited something within me to say, "Hey Kevin, I see the potential for you to become a pastor," mm-hmm. and I, which I totally rejected for months mm-hmm. until I, I submitted. And because of that, um, I eventually went to seminary and uh, got the degree to become a pastor. Yep. I don't know if I told you this, but after our first meal catch up during school, and when you were telling me about like your interests and things like that. I had a feeling that you would be involved in some church function. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say that I called you, like, I called it that you were going to be a pastor, but I felt like you were, you would be, like, some, like, involved in some missionary work or involved in some, like, tr- uh, like church work. Like, t- in my mind, I think I always viewed you as, like, as seeing you definitely be involved in, like, youth group ministry in some way, shape, or form. Because I guess it was because, like, I saw the way that you cared about others and that you actively reached out. So something about that made me think, yeah, I, I see this guy serving in, in some church function later in life. Oh, dang, Jeff. Why, why didn't you tell me? You would have saved me a lot of heartache. I'm just kidding. I don't think I, sh- I would be in a position to tell you you know what to do, but <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you are where you are now. So it's kind of like gone, I don't want to say full circle in a way because it's a more of a continuous thing, but like you were so molded by your youth group and now you're also leading some youth group. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jeff, I tell you, I don't know if you have the chance to work with youth. Um, I, I would encourage it, it, but it's definitely not for everyone. And man, it is hard. I'm trying to keep up with all the trends and the new mm-hmm. dances and the TikTok videos and the <laughs> slang and, oh my gosh, it is, it, it just never stops. But um, and it's difficult. I, I think uh, I've been pretty blessed with an older group of youth, mm. which are a little bit more mature. Mm. But I think working with especially younger people in middle school, um, they're just not as developed, right? And so their their jokes and their social awareness um, is not very strong. So mm. um, yeah, it's it's tough, you know, and 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 uh, <laughs> it can really strain my patience at times. But man, I think back to. <laughs> how grateful i am that my youth leaders when i was a cringy stupid little <laughs> middle schooler they had so much patience with me so i'm just paying it forward so so like around what age is the majority of your, your youth group so um it, my youth group is kind of weird uh mo the vast majority of my youth group do not come to my church mm. oh, um interesting. only okay. yeah only two right now um come to go to my church and they're like an upper the, like a like a senior and a junior in high school um and then but we have this because a lot of chinatown churches don't have a youth group mm-hmm. um a lot there's a groups of youth who have come to hang out with us and kind of join our youth group mm-hmm. um and this group is all basically around when, when they first joined a few years ago they were all in high school but now it's been like two or three years we've all been together as a little family and so mm-hmm. um like maybe a third of them are early college now. So I, I asked because like you say your youth group is weird. I would say my youth group at church is also kind of weird because 
what youth group <laughs> means at my church is basically anybody that can speak English, like as their primary <laughs> okay, language. Gotcha. So our youth group literally yeah. ranges from toddlers all the way till like forty year olds. <laughs> oh, so, oh my! We, we, uh, also, okay. The other th- reason why it's so weird is because like. I want to say, like, people at my church, like, for each year, we don't have more than three people in the same year. So, that's why it's, like... Oh, interesting. We don't have, like, cliques. I mean, okay, we do have some that are closer to others because, of like, you know, like, the 10-year-old's not going to hang out with the 40-year-old, right? But <laughs> but we're still pretty tight-knit considering all things considered. Like, I think one of the things that we prayed a lot for, like, at our church is that the age gap wouldn't be, like, a barrier between people fellowshipping with each other. And we were glad that, mm. you know, we were able to experience this tight-knit fellowship now, even though people are so wide-ranging years. It's, it's truly a, a blessing to, to be a part of. Jeff, I, actually, you know, if you don't mind, I ask, I, um, my church English site is super small right now. It's like maybe less than 10 people or something. Um, and I feel like, um, yeah, it's, and, and the people who do come are not the same age. Mm-hmm. We have a 90 year old woman who comes. We have the two uh, high schoolers who are there. Mm-hmm. We have a couple who's like in their fifties. Then we have me. I'm like, I'm a 26 kind of guy just stuck in there in the middle. Um, so we're kind of this kind of multi-generational mix and I actually like it. I, I think it's kind of cute. I think it's kind of <laughs> funny. Um, right. and I, 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 in my opinion, I would prefer it to grow in this way where we don't have a dominating age group where mm-hmm. we just suddenly have a bunch of college students who dominate the group. I, I, I but like, ideally, like, yeah, maybe if I could do something similar to your church where it's like a few in each age group, that'd be really cool. But I'm curious, like, I, I mean, I'm looking at this with dreamy eyes. It, do you think this is actually like really good and healthy or is there also potential problems or gaps because of this? Oh, man. That's a great deep question. Wow. This is what we <laughs> catch up about, guys. This is what Kevin and I catch up about. Um, oh, come on. You know, I think I'm, I'm not going to say there's something ideal because I, I think that, you know, for whatever type of people make up a church population, then there's there are reasons for why that happens, right? And I think if that's the way God designed certain people to gather, then I think there are certain fruits that can come out of you know those type of fellowships um so i'm not gonna say like oh i prefer everybody was the same age and everybody isn't but i think at the end of the day what does matter is that people within the church have or want to take the initiative to reach out to each other in love right and you know not see things that segregate each other but rather see things that unite them as children of god i think to me like as long as that mindset is there then whether it's age or it's race whether it's gender or whatever the case may be i think there won't be any barriers to that jeff your church is blessed to have you i'll say that <laughs> no, no, no. other way around I, I i'm blessed to be a part of the church i attend and i'm sure i know and for sure the church that you currently are at is definitely blessed to have you as well because if i can be this blessed by you during our few years in college together I can only imagine like this church who you meet with every week, how blessed they are. I, I, I think deep in their hearts, they think I'm, I'm a blessing and a curse <laughs> with, with, with what I, they, they have to suffer through, what I put them through. No, no. But mm. yeah, dude, I, that's actually kind of what I wanted to ask about too, because I think, um, you know, you and I uh, went to NYU and we were kind of like, you know, suburban boys, like not too far. And 
um, we had the chance to kind of go back and visit and kind of be with our home churches. And um, I think for a lot of people, they they don't go back to their home church, right? Mm. They they join a new church plant or they move to another city, um, you know. And or honestly, just many people don't get the chance to move back home, right? They mm-hmm. they stay in an urban place. So, but you had the privilege to actually go back. And I wait. If I remember correctly, this this is like the church that you went to as a mm-hmm. high schooler. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. And so I, from my faint memory, I know that you came back to help translate, to get involved, to get your, your mom involved. And it sounds like you're still there. Um, I, I think you, you kind of like the, the odd one out. I think most people want to run away from their <laughs> oh, you know, old traditional blah, blah, blah church. You right. know, I want to try something new, right? But mm-hmm. but you had a heart to go back. And I'm I'm curious, was there... Was this like very intentional? Was this kind of more like, oh, you know, very natural? Like, oh, I'm just going to go back because I love my people and that was it. Um, I, I want to know maybe more why you went back. Ooh, wow. These are so... See, this is why you're, you're a pastor, Kevin. You, you <laughs> ask these like thought-provoking questions I never thought of before. Um, I think to me, like, pe- like I joke around all the time about being like a diehard New Jerseyan. Like, New Jersey's the best place <laughs> in the world. And I think part of why I think that is because of my church community at home like if i think of home it's hard for me to to not think of the church community like Mm. i think it's also because maybe i grew up without siblings um but i really do view my church family as an extended family so Mm. like i i understand people who go to college they want to experience something new because like you know they've been going through certain uh, tra- traditions or routines at home growing up and they just want to explore something else um, but for me I was kind of the opposite like when I was in college and I church hopped to find like new fellowships to me each visit was an extra reminder for me of how much I wanted to meet back with the people back here <laughs> like and, and I'm not saying that churches in New York are are bad or anything like that I think I've met some very like great people there and I was very blessed to be able to you know, meet with these people at their various services. You know, each time I left the service, I felt, you know, more encouraged that there are so, so many faithful people in New York City, like, you know, seeking God and, and loving each other. But, you know, you know, the phrase like absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like that yeah, was kind yeah. of my mindset when, as I church hopped. like the more I like met these new communities, um, for some reason, my heart was just even more drawn to go back to New Jersey. How about yourself? Like, uh, I mean, obviously you you do ministry at a different church now, but like, did you have any mindsets in terms of like what fellowships? Like, how did you arrive at your current ministry even like at, at this Cantonese church? Yeah. And, and by the way, great answer. Um, I think like, and it's actually your answer is something I've been really wrestling with. Mm. Um, um, I think like, yeah, going from my home church that was a warm place like you know fellowship and we would get like chipotle after you know lunch we have these like little traditions and we'd have all these events like the youth group kickoff and like the weekly retreats and the missions trips and so and and it was like we were growing up together and it definitely felt like a family um you know i think it's like but something changed for me personally when i came to college Mm -hmm. where um i think i don't know if it's a I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like to say it's a Western thing or an Asian American thing or some. Or maybe it's a a, a young adult thing. But mm-hmm. I think just for for some of us or maybe for all of us, uh, we we're hungering for like this this like 
you know, what people are saying, like, you know, this purpose and, 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 and like a, like a compelling vision or yeah. like, yeah. you know, something to something more. Right. And, um, and I think, and I think, I, I think a lot of people, I think it's like a New York city culture, perhaps that like you come to the city to like, like to go beyond your limits, like, mm. like, like see the world and see the diversity and like grow something here. And, and so for me, like I suddenly church was not just about, uh, well, I kind of spun the other way because I joined a church plant that was not Asian at all. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was a church plant. It was super out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But the church plant I joined was had a, this compelling vision for a multi-ethnic ministry in a very right, racially diverse and racially tense neighborhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, mission has always been at my heart to love people who are broken and hurting and lost. And like... Right. I, I always thought church was like, if I go into church just to sit down and fall asleep during a sermon, like, man, I, you know, what, what am I doing? Like, I don't <laughs> see my, what's my function here? Like, I, right, what am right. I, but if I'm going to church to like actually serve a, a common mission, like to serve the homeless or to know God and bring God to people, like, mm. man, like, come on, I, sign me up, you know, like, and so <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's how I got signed up. Like, there was a compelling vision at this church I joined, uh, Mosaic Baptist Church, by the way, in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, shout out. They they were so good and they discipled me, but I think like I'm I'm swinging back and forth because after that, mm-hmm. I I think a lot of church plants do struggle with a a long warm sense of family and community. Mm. You know, like you have a pastor who's kind of like migrated in. You have people coming from different places, and especially a lot of young adults. You know, we're very transient, right? Moving in and out, and we're not staying. Right. Um, and it's just hard, right? Like it's so. There's a lot of you know the community experience that you have back in New Jersey. I think is very lacking with a lot of these church plants in New York City. And it's mm. not necessarily the pastor's fault. Actually, it's just I think, man, it's just so hard to be a community sometimes mm-hmm. um, in New York City. And I think that's actually why um, um, I no no no. That's, this is not why I moved. I I very much loved Mosaic, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally felt challenged to return back to the Chinese church, um, mm. partially because I was actually a little bit bitter at ethnic churches. I felt like ethnic churches were a little bit clicky and bubbly, like mm. oh, not bubbly, but like they're in a bubble, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, and I just, I don't know. I I'm all about welcoming the stranger. I'm all about like you know going outside of this bubble, mm-hmm. and so I felt like this church was not like that. This church wanted me to come to, like, go out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, like, hey, Kevin, help lead our church into a new chapter of reaching the lost and new people. So, mm-hmm. um, and they had the community, too. So it was, like, the best of both worlds. I, they already had an established community based right. on from an immigrant kind of past. Right. But they were open to change and wanting more people to come. So that's why I, I was able to kind of see a place here and transition to this church wow well, that's amazing i very admire the fact that the church's vision is so important to you because for sure like i feel like if you don't agree with your current church's vision then it's very hard no matter how friendly the people are no matter you know how often you go it's very hard to f- truly feel like you're a part of it right and I'm i'm not talking about the theological side where you know as long as you believe in Christ and everybody's part of the same family. But the vision is such an underrated aspect of 
attending church that I feel like people don't give enough attention to. But I'm glad that you made it a priority when you moved around. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, do you speak Cantonese? I don't. I speak like two words. That's it. <laughs> okay. Wait, Jeff, do you speak Cantonese? I do not. I I can't oh. I can't understand it either, and that's something I wish I could because like it's weird. I grew up so technically I grew up in in New York, right? I mean I grew up in Brooklyn, and then I always went to Chinatown, but for some reason I just never picked up a Cantonese. I just know Mandarin. Another thing that I just want to quickly touch on before we jump into our second half, uh, because oh my. I don't want the the audience to be misled, but you mentioned earlier that during high school, because of your long locks, that you didn't have, you know, many friends that were that were girls. But uh, <laughs> you do now, don't you? <laughs> I do, I do. Oh man, oh my gosh, I I have one lovely, beautiful, cute, smart, amazing, awesome. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, wonderful woman. Serena Wang, soon to be Serena Serena Liu. Ooh. Oh, I'm just kidding. I will see. We'll see about that. Oh, okay. You, you, you got my heart pumping a little bit. Yo, like, yo, 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 yo. Don't worry. Don't. I'm, I'm saving up. I'm saving up. Hey, if anyone got some good connections to some diamond rings, you know. <laughs> hey, I don't. You know, just in general, I'm not. I'm not. It's for no purpose, of course. But uh, uh, hit me up. Hit me up. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So actually, you know, um, uh, I've been dating. You know, long distance with Serena. For mm-hmm. two years now, she's in California, but literally in less than forty-eight hours, she is going to be here in New York. Yeah, long term. Yes, uh, like well, quote unquote. Basically, she's uh, kind of moving out. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what long term means. Whether that's you know one, two, five, ten years. Like, right. but um, she's she's come to live here. It's not a vacation. Okay, so so. Not short term. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's exciting. And that, I mean, that's why we're recording today because she's arriving in two days and I definitely don't want to interfere in any of your time spent with Serena. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm really glad, like, you dated Serena for a while, but I actually didn't get to interact with you two that much. So I'm really glad that at least that Michael and Sandra's wedding, like, because I guess our rooms are right across from each other at the hotel. I'm glad that we had that like long, nice sort of hallway chat before we went to sleep. And uh, I got to see how you and Serena interacted. And I was like, so cute. So cute. Oh, yeah. yeah. She is so cute. She is so cute. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. All right. But no, I just wanted to give a a quick shout out to Serena because, you know, maybe you didn't have enough... uh, friends that were girls in high school but you have the friend who is a girl now <laughs> oh come on come on brother uh, hey hey I, I i know i know you got to the second section but jeff are you are you dating right now or oh, are you man. looking to date you know what my friend it is complicated i want to say that um i'm in this phase where i'm satisfied being single but i would also be open to dating if that makes sense um or okay i can say that i'm happy being single but it's not because I don't want to be in a relationship, if that makes sense. I'm just happy with where I am yes. and learning to appreciate, you know, my current situation and all the freedom that it affords. Hmm. You know, we'll see. I don't know. Let's just go with the flow. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, you get, one day you're going to have to play the card, play the, play, the, play the love trap card or something like trap. that. And be like, boom. <laughs> Out of nowhere, you know, God going to send you a, a nice 
nice young woman and uh, and uh, and hey don't but no I, I actually I, I want to say I really respect that and I think uh, all the listeners can learn that it is it's so important to be content and secure mm-hmm. in your singleness mm-hmm. um, personally that's been my that was a huge breakthrough that I was really struggling and desperate to get in a relationship for my own status for my own you know to as a response to my loneliness but you know that's not dating that's just wanting to appease myself Mm -hmm. and um yeah to be secure in your singleness is the best foundation um i i want to ask one spicy question i don't know before we go maybe not too spicy go for it i guess um uh you know what 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 would you say is your non-negotiables like you got preferences maybe for you know this and that, but man, these are like maybe your top one, two, or three non-negotiables of this is what you want to see in a in your future partner. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, non-negotiables, man. It's hard to think. I mean, I could think of like the normal ones. Like I don't think I can think date anyone that smokes or like drinks a lot, just because like mm. I don't. Um, <laughs> Fair. But I mean, if for the non obvious ones i think first the girl must have good relations with her family and i'm not gonna fault the girl if she like tries to have one but doesn't i mean i i can't date someone who purposefully doesn't want a good relation with their family um i think that's the biggest one for me secondly i think she she needs to have a compassionate heart and I know that like nobody's perfect. Nobody can be full of compassion all the time, right? But you know, just generally speaking, that if she saw someone that needs help and she's in a position to help, that she would help. That's that's what I mean by compassion. Um, I guess if if I need to come up with third non-negotiable, I would also say this: someone who, man, what do I say? Someone who also enjoys being a part of the church community. I would say. Hmm. Um. Because I do know, like, there are people there who might not want to be part of the church community. And it could be for a number of reasons, right? I, I understand that there are circumstances that may prevent them from doing that. But, again, it's very similar to the family aspect, right? Someone who chooses to actively not have a relationship with the church community, I can't pursue. That's what I mean. Mm. So, hope that answers the question. <laughs> Dude, that's a great list. Dude, I love it. I um, I, I think, yeah. Um. I think your first one is is really, I think, sometimes underrated. I, I don't usually think about family. <laughs> honest, if I'm being honest, it's like, oh, you know, this character trait or, you know, this blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, you're not the first one that I, I, that said that. And I'm, I'm actually quite impressed and happy that some many people care about family ties and such. Um, but, hey, some something I, I didn't hear was New Jersey. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the thing is, like, if it's my partner, can she – not like new jersey that's i think that's, oh that, that's, that's that's not even a non-negotiable oh that's like my. a pre prerequisite before we even oh talk. my gosh <laughs> no i'm kidding please so, even if you hate wait, new wait. jersey give me a chance people out there <laughs> <laughs> wait so so if you find a if you find someone that hits all three non-negotiables and is like so great is all your preferences but the one thing is that she will not live in new jersey will you still go for her uh, <laughs> I'm making it hard for you. I'm is... making it hard. She, uh, as long as she agrees to visits to New Jersey, we we can talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. 
okay. I like I like I like that. I like no, music. no, I, I kid, I kid. I love New Jersey a lot, yeah. but but you know, to me, at the end of the day, people makes up the family, not the place. So it's not the end of the world. Oof. Man, all right, all you listeners, this man, <laughs> he is handsome, he's got character, he's a family no, no, man, no. he's a church man. Come on, what can you not get in this guy? All right, come on. I, I expect, I, I, Jeff, you, the next time I talk to you, you'll be like, you know, you got like three blind dates going <laughs> on. Like five, no, and, Dude, oh, come on. it's, it's going to take a long while before I agree to do blind dates. I think right now, oh, my. that's not in my radar at all. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair, I like that, I like, you're about the relationship, right, so you need to know the person, and, yeah, I like that. I I like like to know we can be friends first. I think, I guess the other part of that, well, I guess the other part of that is, I kind of don't like blind dates, because there's the chance that I never see this person again, like, even as a friend. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, anyways, we did talk for a lot, Kevin, I do want to jump into the second half, to ask you to rapid fire questions, so... Why don't we take a quick break here and we'll see everybody back in our second half. Welcome back everybody to the second half of this episode with Kevin. Uh, so Kevin, you interrogated me quite deeply during our first half <laughs> of this episode. So now it's my turn to ask you some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, I'm born ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start off easy, I guess, quote unquote. But you know, we talked about a lot of church stuff in the first half, but Kevin, I'm curious what is your favorite Bible verse? Oh, um, shoot. Um, I think it's John thirteen thirty five. I I forgot what it was though. What the heck? <laughs> I think it's something like the like love uh, love others as I have loved you, or um, the world will know you by your love. Oh uh, yeah. Something. Oh, so shoot. John thirteen thirty five says, "By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another." Is that the one? Oh, yeah, I think so. That's that's uh, it's hard. There, there's a there's a few, but that's definitely one of my favorites. Wow, that's a good verse. See, yeah. another reason why you are in church ministry. You have love for other people. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even memorize my favorite verse. I don't know, but <laughs> hey, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's there's so much there's so much good stuff in the Bible. It's hard to memorize them all. Hey, come on, let's go. I mean, so do you think? I, I know that you said growing up that you had a lot of love in your youth group which was what sort of drew you in and now you're sort of returning this love right do you think there was any difficulties growing up accepting this love from others oh man jeff you you <laughs> you hit it around the oh but don't make me talk about this don't oh, make me oh, no. Is it, am i hitting a nerve <laughs> <laughs> yo i feel like i feel like every listener is probably hitting a nerve oh. with this you know like man like Come on, like we how, how all of us think we're not good enough, right? Mm. Like all of us are want are want approval from our friends, from our parents, you know, from ourselves. Like, mm. you know, I didn't get that that job, or I'm not popular enough, or why do I why am I not in a relationship? Blah blah blah. It's like, man, and like deep down is that core lie that like I am not lovable. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, honestly, I think that's that's the core sin that I think we all struggle with, right? Um, and man, I'm about to pop off about the gospel about how God <laughs> loves us when we are, uh, you know, I, I'm this ugly, cringy, goofball kid, and and man, I'm still loved. Come on, I, I'm buying in that I can follow Jesus for the rest of my life for that. So, yeah, dude, I think you just gave like a 15 second testimony there. That was awesome, <laughs> dude. You have a gift. I mean, really, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't even know if I answered the question. I realized, but you but, did. Uh, no, I mean, I I got it. <laughs> hey, if anybody is interested in what Kevin's talking about, you know, you can always reach out to him. I'm sure he'll be happy to talk about it. Um, yeah, hit me up. Yeah. Okay, then maybe another question that doesn't quite hit the same nerve, but what are some ways that you like to show love to people? Ooh, yeah. So <clears throat> I didn't always do this, but I realized. Um, I w- when I was in college, uh, so I, I don't want to always tell long stories, but I was in two fellowships. One was Navigators, which is a multi-ethnic fellowship, mm-hmm. and one was AACF, the one that we were part of, Asian American. Yeah, I remember and I just that. noticed yeah. that, yeah, and and Navs, um, something about their culture was that they affirmed each other a lot through their words. They would see each other and be like, "Oh man, you know what's good? What's cooking? Good looking? You know, wow, why you got <laughs> why you got such a good outfit on? You know, I, you know, so I, this sounds a little familiar, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah." <laughs> so and i love that it, it made me feel a little uncomfortable first like whoa why are you guys being so affectionate with each other but it was like man we are like kind of like gassing each other up we're making each other feel good it's like positive culture and then i go to wcf and we're like so quiet and so like <laughs> so like and and i realized like part of this eastern culture is like you you don't show love by your words you show it by your service right mm-hmm. by your actions mm-hmm. which i think is actually really good but i i still think there's still a dearth of of the words, right? Like, am, am I good enough? Like, I just need that affirmation or that apology or that thank you that can mean so much. Mm. And um, so I made a commitment that, hey, while I'm at WCF, I'm going to use my words. Like, I've received it. So I'm going to tell people like, hey, good job, Jeff. Like, good job, uh, Aaron, or good job, Shirley, or, you know, mm. good job, Greg. Like, and really try to verbally affirm people. And uh, and I think a lot of people don't get those words. Right. Um, and so it, even now in a, in a, in a, in an Eastern context, still, I want people to hear, like, I recognize you. I want to verbally tell you and let you know that you're appreciated. So yeah, words of affirmation is the answer. Dude, for sure. If you know Kevin, I highly doubt that you've never been complimented by him before. Dude, <laughs> on, on, honestly, I think I can say on behalf of the people, like, thank you for sometimes giving us that confidence that we didn't know we needed from you or whatever the case may be, like your words have definitely uplifted us in difficult moments here and there, for sure. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. And hey, come on, you're giving me the, the words of affirmation now too. <laughs> right, so let's go. Right back let's at go. you. All right. All right, next question, Kevin. So Ke- this is a question that I actually was asked when I was applying to colleges. So I'm very curious to see what you are going to answer on the spot. But the question is, if you were a fruit, which fruit would you be? Oh, I would probably, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about grapes right now, but uh-huh, okay. I think my brain is the size of a grape, so <laughs> I'll go with a grape. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you should say that if you're doing this for a college mission. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I was asked that. I think I, think I was applying to... Princeton, and a recruiter asked me that oh question. Oh my, Princeton! And I was, oh uh, and I didn't know what to say on the spot, so I was like, "Uh, I, I want to be like a, a watermelon because you know I like <laughs> sharing, and watermelons are easily shareable." <laughs> but then afterwards, hey. I was like, "Wait, that's weird. I'm like sharing myself, but I guess you could share yourself, right? Whether that's through service <laughs> or other means, you're sharing yourself." Yo, you're the community man, right? That's uh... no, no, no. Hey, total tangent. Um, 
Serena and I have been talking about long term where we're gonna like settle down and mm-hmm. kind of squabbling about it. Um, but she wanted to go to Princeton when really? she was in call uh, in high school, but oh. she didn't make it, and she went to Berkeley instead. That smart cookie, like. But hey, <laughs> there's a there is a serious chance that if I can't convince her to stay in New York, maybe I could convince her to to go to New Jersey because of Princeton. So uh, hey, yeah, Princeton's really close to me. It's like a half hour drive. So if you do go there. Prince is really oh, nice though. I, they have really nice like yeah. little shops, like ice cream parlors and everything like that. Would definitely recommend. Oh my, Jeff, you're about to convert me into a New Jerseyan. Oh no, New Jersey number one, Kevin. Come on, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come All right, on. no, but your brain is not the size of a grape. Don't say that. <laughs> you're one of the smartest people I know for sure. Ugh. Debatable. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, for someone who's so complimentary of other people, you sure are pretty hard on yourself. Self-deprecating humor. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I try to be humble, but if you ask Serena, I can have an ego, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> you're so humble to the point you're the most humble person on earth. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Come on, let's go. I'm the goat when it comes to uh, being most humble. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. So, Kevin, the last thing you ate is now the only thing you can eat. How soon will you die? <laughs> I I I my dinner was spicy wontons. Oh. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know how soon you will die, um, but definitely a lot of bathroom trips, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, dude, my 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 stomach is actually kind of weak. Uh if I drink milk, I like I don't I don't I'm like slightly lactose intolerant, I think, and mm. oh no. <laughs> um man, oh my poor my poor family, my poor friends always having to <laughs> suffer <laughs> through my bathroom. Um. Yeah, I would probably die soon. That's okay. I go to see Jesus. That's fine. But man, be short life. Well, I mean, technically, wontons are pretty nutritious. No, you have your carbs. You have your meat. You have your. Did your wontons have vegetables or just meat? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they had like the scallion inside, right? Yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. You can live a long life at that. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Uh, but how about you? What, what was your What was your food tonight? Uh, I made sausage pasta. So, I think I can live, you know, a couple of years before I die of a heart attack, probably, if I eat that every day. Um, (laughs) But but I I didn't put veggies. Veggies was a side dish. But if we're talking about the last bite I took, it was of sausage pasta. So, that's... (laughs) Oh, man. That sounds so good. Uh, Potluck sometime. You can make your spicy wontons. I'll make pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And we'll have a hard time in the bathroom together. <laughs> Not together, but uh, in separate bathrooms. But in, in, together in spirit. Yes, yes. yes. We'll, we'll read for each other across the stalls. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, right. We have to move on. We have to yeah, move next on. question, next question, next question. All right, Kevin, do you prefer morning, noon, or night? Um, I have been forced to be a night person because of the time zone difference because of Serena and we, we uh, video chat at night. Oh. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Her eight o'clock is my 11 o'clock, which uh, is when we video chat every day. I feel you, dude. Um, like, when I, when <laughs> I was in college and yeah, I was dating someone in California, dude, those late nights were killer sometimes. Like it would oh, mess up your yeah. sleep schedule for like the rest of the week if you're not careful and paying attention to time <laughs> yo yo it's bad 
but uh, I, I would much prefer the mornings. Um, if I can get up at like 7, 7.30, get my coffee. Some I, there's Sometimes I had to meet up someone super early and woke up at 6. And man, you know, the, the first, yeah, the first like 15, 20 minutes really sucks. But once you get your coffee, you're outside and it's morning, it's bright. Oh, it feels so good. You're refreshed. You, you get the work done. And what? It's only like 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock? Like, man, like this day is good. But... You know, if you're going to sleep at 1 a.m. like I am right now, you mm. can't really wake up at 6. Yeah. Well, if you want to wake up at 6, tell Serena to start waking up at 3 for the next two <laughs> days since she'll be here soon. But for the next two days, she'll have to wake up at 3 to talk yes. to you. <laughs> um, oh, come on. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so due to time, I'm going to ask the second to last question. So second to last question, Kevin, is if you were invisible, where would you go if you had the chance? I don't know. I I I, I don't want to do anything nefarious. I, I feel like I I feel like I just stay home. I don't know. I just uh, wow. What I do? I'm sorry. I I feel like I can concoct some answer, but I I don't want to steal anything. I, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I like scare Serena or something like that. <laughs> just uh, but you're so mean. <laughs> oh, I know what I would do. You know. I, you know what I do. You know, Serena has to quarantine for two weeks because she's coming from California. Mm. And uh, I would probably just hang out with her. Like, it would not be good if I was there, right? Because, uh, you know, if people saw me, if, if Jasmine, her roommate, saw me, she'd probably get very... She'd, she'd rightfully, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, scold me. But hey, if I'm invisible, I'll just uh, sneak in and just hang out with Serena. So it's good. Yeah. Wow. Serena, you hit the jackpot. Honestly, oh, if, if this is his answer, then you got the one. You got the one. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, oh, I would somewhere. go somewhere like the, like the, you know how the NBA, they're currently playing in a bubble right now in, like, Disney World? Oh, yeah. I would choose to do that, watching some games oh. live. But fortunately, <laughs> there, there's no girl right now where I can uh, sneak up on and not get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet, brother. <laughs> Speak it into existence. Come uh, on. All right. <laughs> Well, Kevin, I want to ask one more question, and this question is sort of the mainstay question of this podcast. Uh, but can you say anything, so any phrase that you want, whatever it is, can you say something in a language other than English? Okay. Uh, I will say, Yesu uh, Aini and Pigu. <laughs> Wait, that was so sweet. <laughs> and then it just. All right, so for people who don't know what you just said, do you want to translate? Yeah, yeah. One of them was Jesus loves you, and one of them was but. Uh, I'll let you figure out which one if you can figure it out. But yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure people can base it off of my reaction when I'm when I heard that. So, but no, I think um, no, I think it's quite fitting that that's the last question to this podcast because I think your answer to that perfectly reflects who you are, in my opinion. <laughs> Honestly, on one hand, like. Um, again, I want to thank you for being such a faithful brother in Christ in my life. And definitely, I feel like God has used your love towards others to reveal to other people about God's love. So that's for sure. And the other two is, where would we be without the silliness of Kevin Liu, honestly? Like, um, <laughs> thank you for like always making us laugh and, you know, brightening our moods. We can't state it enough. Yeah, no, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Hey, if I, I don't, I, I think you might be wrapping up, but I want to just affirm you. Come on, use my words of affirmation, <laughs> Jeff. 
I think uh, I, I, I've really, I think I've already known that you were a man that was faithful to your family and your friends and community and just to hear about all this. And I, I mean, honestly, who, who, who creates a podcast to catch up with friends? Like, this is so smart and so good. Honestly, Jeff, I might even steal this idea for my church or something. Go for uh, it, yeah. This is, Go for it. Uh, this is so good. And I just want to, yeah, keep on going, dude. I don't know if you're experiencing any doubt or difficulty, but it sounds like you're in a great spot and really taking initiative. Um, Jeff, I, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I know that, you know, being in the same fellowship, we've had some good times and also some difficult times, you know, like <laughs> where, you know, our, it, you know, it's being part of community, right? People get hurt, people get misunderstood. But I remember uh, in the latter half, I think either your junior or senior year, you took the initiative to bring a group of people together for Bible study and to still like sustain community. And when I heard that, I was like, man, thank God for Jeff. Like when things were really tough in a, in a tough season of our fellowship, we had people like you to continue to sustain relationship. And so I think you've, this, this, that hasn't changed. And, um, I'm so glad for that. And so, hey, any woman out there, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> this is the guy. Like, what the heck? Uh, get geez. this guy, you know, and a, and a coffee date, get to know him, uh. get your eyes blinded. Come on. It's going to be good. So please hit him up. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, thank you for those words, Kevin. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no, 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 no. All good. All good. But. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today's show, Kevin. Um, all the best with you and Serena when you arrive in two days. Can't wait to see all of those lovey-dovey pictures. I want my timeline <laughs> flooded with them, okay, so I can look at them and smile each time. But again, everybody, this has been Kevin Liu. Uh, once again, thanks, Kevin, for coming on. And thank you all for listening to this episode. I'll try to maintain a better schedule of, of this podcast. But for now, until next time, see you next time on Catching Up with Jeff G.